I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, I'm Sarah, and this is the Whispering Woods podcast. There is no Toby today. I let him have a lie-in on Saturday, and the next thing I know, he's running off, out downtown, to go meet his dad. First of all, I've got a couple of reviews to read. The first one is from Jill, and she left this on Facebook. I love this podcast, such fun to listen to and well-researched. Thanks so much, Jill, for taking the time to leave that review. We really appreciate it. And another shout out to Loretta, who emailed to say, Hi guys, I love the podcast. Been listening for a few months now while working. I'm a mail carrier in California. Some of the stories really creep me out, especially out in rural areas on my route. Keep up the great work. I think I'm going to start letting my 11-year-old daughter listen with me. She would enjoy you guys. Stay spooky. Thanks so much, Loretta. Also, thank you for taking the time to email us. We really appreciate it. Right, today's episode is about Route 666, otherwise known as the Devil's Highway. It has actually been renamed now. Um, I've got an introduction piece and then I've got one long story on today's episode, so let's get straight into it. Route 666 is a road that stretches for almost 200 miles through a barren, harsh, desert landscape. It has a reputation for being spooky and haunted, and many people think there is a good reason for that. The highway winds and bends through three states, New Mexico, Colorado and Utah. 
Imagine driving on this road alone, with nothing but the vast nothingness around you and the howling wind in your ears. This road was once called US Route 666, a name that inspired fear and horror in many travellers. The reason for this name was simple. It was the sixth branch of the US Route 66. But the number 666 also has a sinister meaning in the Bible. In the book of Revelation, 666 is the mark of the beast, a symbol of the Antichrist, the enemy of God and humanity. The Bible, in Revelation 13.18, says, Let him who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, his number is 666. This connection with the devil, along with the high number of deadly accidents and unexplained disappearances on the New Mexico section of the road, made some people believe that the highway was cursed. Route 666 has earned its place as one of the most haunted roads in America. There are many stories and legends about the old route, and one of them involves a car known as Satan's sedan. The legend says that some drivers on the road saw a pair of strange headlights behind them. They soon realised that the car was black and blended into the darkness. No matter how fast they drove, the black sedan would follow them and try to hit them from behind. In many versions of the story, the drivers would pull over. Some said they witnessed the car speeding past, while others said they no longer saw a vehicle and began to think they'd imagined it. Another creepy tale about the Devil's Highway is the Hounds of Hell. Many motorists report seeing a pack of vicious dogs. The witnesses assumed the canines were supernatural because they could run as fast as a vehicle. Additionally, the myth mentions instances of the dogs jumping through car windows as people drove. Many believers think the hellhounds caused some of the many wrecks. Skinwalkers are human beings who can transform into animals, such as wolves, coyotes or crows, by using dark magic. They are part of the Navajo folklore and are considered evil and dangerous. Some people believe that skinwalkers prowl along the Devil's Highway, especially at night, and try to lure or harm travellers by mimicking human voices or appearing in front of cars. There have been several reports of drivers seeing or hearing skinwalkers on the former Route 666, but there is no conclusive evidence to prove their existence. The girl in the white dress is another legend of the Devil's Highway. 
Many drivers have reported seeing a young woman in a white dress walking along the road at night in the middle of nowhere. When they stop to offer help, the girl either disappears or reveals a terrifying face. Some people believe that the girl is the ghost of a hitchhiker who died on the road or a spirit that tries to lure drivers into danger. The girl in the white dress is also known as the Lady in White and she is one of the most famous and frightening stories of the former Route 666. Mysterious lights are another phenomenon that has been reported by drivers on the Devil's Highway. Many people have claimed to see strange lights that hover in the sky or dart across the road, sometimes causing electrical malfunctions in cars. Some of the possible explanations for these lights are ball lightning, a rare atmospheric phenomenon that produces luminous spheres of electricity that can vary in size, colour and movement. Ball lightning can be triggered by thunderstorms or volcanic eruptions and can last for several seconds or minutes. Swamp gas, a flammable mixture of gases that can be produced by decaying organic matter in wetlands and can ignite spontaneously or by lightning. Swamp gas can create flickering lights that can be seen from a distance and can also produce a foul smell. UFOs, unidentified flying objects that some people believe are extraterrestrial spacecraft or other anomalous entities. UFOs can appear as bright lights that move in erratic patterns and can sometimes interfere with electronic devices or cause radiation effects. However, none of these explanations have been conclusively proven, and the mysterious lights remain a source of curiosity and fear for many travellers on the former Route 666. The Devil's Highway is a scenic but lonely road that cuts through the desert wilderness Along the way, you can see some fascinating places, such as the Abajo Mountains, Messe Verde National Park, Hovenweep National Park and Shiprock. But be careful and alert, especially at night, because the notorious road is full of surprises and dangers. I really like the sound of this highway. Now, in my mind, I'd quite, I'd quite gladly go along, travel along, a bit of a road trip. But I know it probably wouldn't be the spooky stuff that would frighten me. It would be seeing other people and not knowing what their intentions were. You know, someone was like coming up behind you really fast and stuff. That really would petrify me out in the middle of nowhere. Because America's massive, isn't it? The highways are huge over there. I mean, ours are big enough, but we don't really have that many that are so big and deserted. You know, there's normally always somebody around. Maybe if I, if I was on like a bus with a load of people, not just a few in a car, I'd feel a bit safer and I'd love to go and experience it. Right, let's get straight on with the story. 
This is a true story that I've never shared with anyone, except for my girlfriend's dad, who was the first person we met after this encounter. But he didn't believe us. I'm sorry for some wrong measurements regarding distance. My phone had no service. I was scared and my anxiety was high. It's hard to recall how long I drove in distance. All right, here's the story. I'm going to use our real names because I don't want to remember fake names while trying to remember a story I've tried to erase from my mind. So I'll give it to you as it is. My name is Jimmy. I'm a 24-year-old male from Wisconsin. My girlfriend's name is Cassandra. We were both 23 at the time, so this happened in late August of 2017. I had a 2009 Mitsubishi Eclipse GT, which may have helped us survive that night. So after a tough summer in my hometown and endless troubles, I had enough. I was ready to leave at any moment, and that's pretty much what I did. My girlfriend's father has a 15-acre ranch in Arizona, in the middle of the Sanaran Desert, about 45 minutes southwest of Tucson, Arizona. The ranch is in Three Points, Arizona, close to the Mexico border. My girlfriend's father, Rick and I, have a lot in common. We both like extreme sports, fast cars and beautiful women, so working with him was like hanging out with a friend on a weekend. So the idea of living there with him in complete isolation, surrounded by desert and mountains, my favourite landscape ever, sounded like paradise compared to this crappy city I call home. I proposed the idea to my girlfriend the same day. I said, screw this, and she agreed it was time for a change of scenery. I packed all our important stuff, crammed it all in my tiny Mitsubishi, and hit the road at 3am the next night. I didn't even wait for my paycheck, but I didn't care. I had to get out of there. I hit the road with about $300. My girlfriend, a car full of stuff, and the hope that I'll make it safely and without trouble. Luckily, being a car guy who's had problems before, I was prepared and bought some tyre pluggers just in case. Little did I know I would need them later on. The trip was going well, and we were about 17 hours in. I had already filled up three times, and that 300 turned to 200 after food stops as well. 13 more hours to go. I don't know what happened, but I was halfway through Texas, running low on money. After such a long drive with music on, it seemed like it was just messing with my head instead of helping me stay alert and awake. So I turned it off. 15 minutes later, my tyre made a weird hiss, and my steering wheel started resisting a bit. Luckily, there was an exit coming up 500 feet. I got off, checked my tyre, and there was a huge industrial nail plug right in the tyre near the edge. I got it out, plugged the tyre, 
and put air in. Temporary success. I continued my journey, letting my girlfriend drive to try to get some sleep for a couple of hours. We'd been driving for about 21 hours at this point, and I was worn out. We refueled and kept going. I fell asleep and woke up an hour and a half later, and we were still in Texas. I thought, when will this trip ever end? And got annoyed, feeling like my girl probably wasted 60 extra miles driving too slow. I asked her to pull over and let me take over. I filled the tyre up and topped off the gas and drove. About two more hours later and the New Mexico border was up in the next 30 miles. After hours of total darkness, we reached a giant gas station. That was its name and we stopped. I had half a tank of gas, 15 bucks and I was beat. We still had eight more hours to go and we doubted we would make it. So we tried to call her father. No answer. We called again. No answer. We called three more times. No answer. So we texted him and went on our way. Before we left the gas station on the border, we looked at our maps to get a good idea of how much longer we had to finish this trip. There were two routes, a longer one that took about an extra hour going through smaller New Mexico cities, including Albuquerque, with just a small patch of desert to drive through. I saw the other route was an hour shorter in time and a straight shot through the desert. My Apple Maps wouldn't load the route properly or let me use it for directions, so I restarted my phone. Still nothing. I had to download Google Maps just to use this route. The way we chose to take, there were no city lights, no high population, just small stop and supply towns with a hundred cars around, but not a soul to be seen. The first hour was okay, except it was pitch black, travelling on a two-lane desert highway with only 20 feet on the road in front of you being visible, nothing else. I couldn't see anything behind me, not even my tail lights. As I was driving, headlights appeared in the distance, and I thought to myself, finally, Finally, another another driver. driver. I won't won't be on this this road road alone alone anymore. anymore. After five minutes, the truck finally caught up and was behind me about two car lengths. Remember, I was driving a small Mitsubishi Eclipse, full of a bunch of my stuff, and with my tyre having problems, it was putting a lot of weight on it, making it hard to drive going fast. So I was going about 60 miles an hour, and I could tell this truck wanted off this road as much as I did, because they started passing on the other side of the road, going about 90 miles an hour, flying past me. I'm into cars, and I'm our shops driver for our race team in South Arizona, so I know cars. And when it comes to speed, I'm usually right on with it. I thought in my head, damn, I'm I'm jealous. jealous. I just just want to dump dump all this stuff in my car and floor it with this guy. 20 minutes later, I was continuing on my route 
and I saw a huge semi coming up behind me. The distance between us never shrinks completely, only narrows, maybe 500, 600 feet. I glance at my rear view, nothing remarkable. I focus on the road again for another three minutes and check the mirror once more. Wait, where did he go? How, what, how, there are no other roads to take. It's just desert and one road, I muttered to myself. My girlfriend has been snoozing like a baby since we left the gas station on the border. I look at her to share what I just witnessed. Or didn't witness. And I think, no, I'll let her sleep. I'll tell her later. As I turn my eyes back to the road, my phone internet data cuts off completely. I can't make a phone call or send a message. Nothing. Fortunately, Google Maps was still working so I kept following the same route when suddenly a bright light appeared behind me in the distance probably about a mile away ground level this light was so intense but seemed so focused it didn't light up anything around us it was just aimed at my car like headlights I recall saying you jerk out loud tilting my rear view mirror to deflect the lights I thought they had their high beams on until I looked in my side view and realised how far the light actually was from me. I also said out loud, Damn, Damn, those are some some bright-ass lights. lights. I want those. Kind of joking to myself out loud. Even though it was one diamond-shaped light. I figured it just looked like that because it was far and they probably had a broken headlight so I didn't worry about it, just assuming it was the truck driver that vanished earlier. I drive for 30 more seconds, and I look in my side view again. The light is closer and catching up to me really fast. Too fast to believe anyone was that keen on driving over 100 miles an hour in pitch black desert with one headlight. I look down again. I look in the mirror. At this point, I get nervous and shake my girlfriend awake. I tell her what I've been seeing and ask her to look at it and make sure my eyes are not messing with me from being so tired. She saw it too, and I don't know what it was when she looked at it, but after everything I just told her, she looked, and the only thing she said when she faced me again was, Drive faster. I stepped on it with all my weight on the car and my low-pressured tyre, I sped up and got to about a hundred. When I realised how unsafe the situation was, then I slowed down to about 75 miles an hour, just trying to stay away from this light. Then it's gone. We have about 29 miles left, until we get on another desert highway, going the direction we were headed. And despite all my possible problems, that strange light is all I can think about. With 11 miles left, the light reappears and I look at my girlfriend and smile and say, Look, Look, our friend friend is back, back. in a sarcastic way with a grin on my face. But it made me feel uneasy. I didn't really dwell on it, just how strange it was. This time, the light was nearer 
and I accelerate again. It chases us for about six more miles and then vanishes. We finally change routes and stop in this old dilapidated town about 30 miles west of Roswell, New Mexico. I see the sign and in my head I say, You've got to be joking. As my girlfriend and I are into the paranormal and have a huge curiosity in it. Being a believer for the most part. I teased my girlfriend about it and said, I knew it was an alien and we both laughed. This town was so creepy. No gas stations, no lights, just cars and no people. There was this old run-down motel that looked to be deserted, but the only light around came from that light over the door of the motel. Also, let me say, I found out leaving this town, that we were on the historic Route 666. Mind you, my phone is still out of order. I park and get out to try for a phone. After ringing the bell and knocking for about five minutes, I get back into the car and tell my girlfriend no luck and we just have to keep going. Another 68 more miles to go until we make another turn. God, this is pushing my anxiety to the limit. I don't know how I feel at this point. I remember just saying I want this to end. Quiet enough for my girlfriend to not catch what I said. But she heard me mumbling something and asked what I was saying. I said oh nothing and just kept driving. When we left the motel, we drove past a parked semi off the road right next to the motel. As soon as we took off, this truck started right up and got on right behind us. I say, that's weird, why did he choose to leave when we left? And my girlfriend says, I don't want to find out, drive faster. So he's following us for about 15 miles and we come up to a four-way crossing section. I stop and I'm like, all right, what's he going to do? I pull over to the side of the road and he goes past. Instant relief, I felt, I'm not going to lie. This was short-lived though because right away, getting back on the road, I noticed the light once again come back. And we're on a different highway stretch. How? Why? As I'm telling my girlfriend it's back once more, I kid you not, this thing started rising from ground level to just above our car, where we could see it following us in the mirror. But this time, it was following us from an aerial position. I freaked out. I let out my expressed fear and stepped on it. It was that feeling when you know something's about to happen any second, but you're still trying to get ahead while you can. For those who play PUBG or Fortnite, you know when you're outside the battle circle and the storm circle is closing in on you and you're trying to make it before the storm gets you, knowing it's coming faster than you can run and you're expecting it any second to hit you but you don't stop for anything. Yeah, that's exactly how it felt. And I just knew something was going to happen to us that night. I was running low on a quarter tank of gas with a bad tyre. I just put ten extra hours of continuous driving on. I was angry, upset, scared and determined all at the same time. And I'm going to be completely honest. I sat here for 30 minutes trying to remember what happened after that but I honestly can't. I really, really can't. 
and it's making me feel really sick and nauseous. I can recall the whole trip up to that point, and I can recall being depressed, very edgy, and extremely anxious for the next week. From that night, I just remember getting to a small gas station after that 69-mile drive. I talked to a local odd-looking guy, rough, scruffy-looking guy, reddish-brown hair, and he wore some very thick glasses. I told him about our trip and what we witnessed in the desert, and that I don't really remember what happened after I saw it again. He laughed and said, You guys got out. They didn't keep you for long. I looked at my girlfriend, and we made uneasy, nervous laughs. You can tell we did it, just to be polite, by laughing at what sounded like dark humour. I asked, how much more more desert desert do we have to to drive drive through? through. He said about 45 minutes, before we get to our first big city, south of Albuquerque. I'm like, hell. But that 45 minutes seemed a lot better than another two hours. So I put in my 15 bucks and got back on the road. At this point I knew we weren't going to make it back to Arizona with the amount of gas we had. My phone service came back on to my relief and surprise. I instantly grabbed it and told my girlfriend, call your dad. She had just lost her phone days before we left Wisconsin. So we only had my phone. Her dad picked up and decided to meet us in La Cruz's New Mexico, He laughed when we told him about our experience and said you guys have been smoking too much. We replied no we hadn't, but he really didn't take it seriously. We were back on the road again and a few hours from our destination when I started to really wonder what happened. How did we lose an hour and a half of time? Even though I believe in the paranormal, I'm still not convinced by the whole alien abduction thing, but that crossed my mind and for the next week, I had all these strange, random emotions. And my girlfriend and I had weird marks on our chest, wrist, ankles and neck. Both of us. It was definitely nerve-wracking, and nothing made sense. I don't know what happened that night, and I know some of you might think that wasn't scary or want to know what happened. Well, if this was a fictional story, I would have made it more intense and crazy. But this is very true. I need answers as much as some others might. If anyone, and I mean anyone, has travelled in that area or that stretch of highway in the middle of the night and have experienced something similar, I want to hear about it. I can't be the only one with this experience. I should have just listened to my phone and definitely my instincts and taken the original route. For some reason... The experience still causes fresh fear and anxiety. It's driving me crazy. Jimmy W. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Now, I don't know what you guys think. But I think, I think they were obviously abducted. But I also think that the truck driver was probably just, they probably just didn't want to go on their own. So they were waiting for the couple to take off. So they felt like they've got some company on the road. That's what I thought anyway, because that's the kind of thing I do, like without really thinking that might freak somebody else out. Right, I'll wait for them to start. And then at least somebody else is on the road with me. So if any aliens abduct me, um, somebody else is there, you know, power in numbers, all that kind of thing. Missing time is so interesting. I've mentioned this before because... I've missed time. Um, I'll repeat it again, but when I was a teenager, my mate, she only lived like five, ten minutes down the road, and she would ring my mum and say, Sarah left yet, because we'd be waiting to go to, like, youth club. And my mum would be, yeah, she left half an hour ago. And I wouldn't get to her house for, like, an hour. And as far as I knew, I'd walk straight down. Weird. But well, that's the end of this episode. I hope you enjoyed. I know it's it's not quite the same without Toby, but he will be back again on Thursday for the extra, and we'll have some more spooky road stories. Take care, everyone. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just sixty bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince—they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/upgrade for free shipping and three hundred sixty-five day returns. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.